What's good, everybody? Welcome to a midweek episode of the Amitelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a busy show for you this afternoon. Uh, Going to recap Game 5 of the NBA Finals and the and the fact that the Toronto Raptors are up three games to two now as the series heads to Golden State for Thursday's Game 6. Golden State trying to be the, only the second team in NBA Finals history to come back from a 3-1 lead after the Cavs did it to them just a three short years ago. I'll break down... Uh, why in the world the Warriors kept Kevin Durant's ruptured Achilles injury a secret. And I'll touch on and I will scream and yell about the fact that these NBA uh, playoff starting times are just a complete mess. I'll touch on Madison Bumgarner getting his panties in a twist over Max Muncy hitting a home run basically looking at it for a second. And I'll also touch on the U.S. women's uh, national soccer team not uh as Chuck Noll would say, not acting like they've been there before, and absolutely throwing putting on a circus act with when they're beating Thailand in a first round uh World Cup game seven to nothing in the seventy fifth minute and I got players basically doing cartwheels all over and handstands all over the uh, pitch in France. But I'll get to that towards the end of the show. First things first of course and it's been the lead for quite a few shows now. It's Game 5 of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors have been up in this series uh, since Game 3 when they were up 2-1. And their lead is one game away from disappearing with Golden State tying up at three games apiece. Uh, Game 5 was uh, Monday night. Uh, Warriors won 106-105 in Toronto. Toronto, they had a chance, they had the opportunity to be the first to clinch their first uh, and win their first NBA championship in franchise history in front of their home uh, crowd, no less. Uh, Golden State played a played a good game. Steph Curry showed Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. They both showed up. Steph Curry had thirty one points, eight rebounds, seven assists. And uh, was sh- and shot six for six from the free throw line like he always does. A phenomenal free throw shooter, Steph Curry is. Uh, his partner in crime, the other splash brother, Clay Thompson. He put up twenty six point six rebounds, four assists, with a steal, and was uh, shot one one from t- one of two from the uh, free throw line. Draymond Green didn't do much of any. Ten points, uh, ten points, ten rebounds, eight assists. Don't forget about him. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, though, I mean, what a job he did. Once Kevin Durant went down, it it was full steam ahead for Boogie Cousins. 14.6 rebounds and uh, an assist from, uh, and a, and a steal and a block, too, to, to, uh, for the measure. But what a game DeMarcus Cousins had when Golden State really needed him most, which is when the unfortunate injury happened, uh, to Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles uh about 12 minutes into uh his playing time and it was an unfortunate injury nobody likes to see it and I'll get to that I'll get to the injury and how everybody react to it after the break but for the game itself Golden State they played a phenomenal basketball game I mean I mean considering the fact that uh that they were down considering the fact that they were down with about uh less than 5 minutes to go and the Raptors completely uh, spit the bit. And speaking of the Raptors, 
Kawhi Leonard, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists with 2 steals and a block. Uh, Pascal Siakam, he didn't show, come up as big, 12 points. Pau Gasol, or excuse me, Mark Gasol had 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, Kyle Lowry had 18 points. Kyle Lowry, of course, missed what would have been the potential uh, it would have missed the potential uh, game-winning championship winning uh, jump shot towards the end at the buzzer uh, and the big coin. And for all you saying that the timeout cost them, listen, the NBA has a rule put in place that it's basically use it or lose it within the last two some two plus minutes in the ball in the uh, basketball game, where basically if you don't use your timeout, the refs basically take it away from you. Like Nick Nurse uh, figured rather than having them taking it take it from me, I'm gonna do what I've done all year, and that's pretty much call a timeout while we have a member on the side to make sure that we don't, you know, choke in the clutch or to prevent anything stupid from happening and to kind of settle down my players. And a lot of heat's been on him for calling that timeout, but you got to look. Use it or lose it. I mean, and their best player took took the uh, took the shot right, you know. But you can't you can't get on Nick Nurse for calling a timeout when they were going to take a name. That, 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 that's not fair. That, that's not fair. That's not fair. But... Again, the Raptors, see, now with the Raptors, the Raptors are in a situation where it's not just, oh, we're happy to be here, you know, thank God we're here, um, we're thankful just the fact that we made it here, you know, the Raptors cannot walk out of this series just being satisfied with uh, with the Eastern Conference Championship and an NBA fi- and winning three games in the NBA Finals, no, 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 when you were up 3-1, and God forbid if they lose this series in seven games, you had three chances. Right now, it's just one. And if they lose tomorrow, it'd be two. And God forbid if they lose game seven on Father's Day, it'd be three. But three opportunities to close the deal and to put a final nail in the coffin on the Warriors' dynasty that... I mean, to be honest, from that Kevin Dur- basically from the Kevin Durant injury on, has been hanging by a thread. But now with Kevin Durant, and I'll get to his injury, you know, in my second point. But the but the Raptors, okay, I I, I don't want you fooling around. I understand it's a tall order to go into Golden State and beat them three times in the NBA Finals on the road, but. At this point, all the pressure now is on Toronto. So it's all on Toronto now. Toronto now has to show to us and prove to us they can go into Golden State. In a, regardless who wins the series, listen folks, regardless who wins the series, that game, we thought uh, game four was the final game in uh, Oracle. Uh-uh. Game six is the final game in Oracle. Win or lose, regardless who team, what team wins, because the Raptors have the best record, and best record automatically gets game seven. So, but still, last ever, ever, ever game at Oracle. Last playoff game at Oracle, last NBA game at Oracle, last NBA finals game at Oracle, last Warriors game in Oracle. 
There, no more basketball after tomorrow night in that arena. And if if all and just for this and just for the reason alone that fans in that local area are going to say goodbye to Warriors basketball in that arena. On top of the fact that their team is down three two in a game six in the NBA Finals. So that place will be packed and the fans will be chomping at the bit trying to get inside the Raptors' heads. And the Raptors have to do a, and have to do a good job of keeping the Warriors and their fans out of their heads, buckle down, stay focused, keep their nose to the grindstone and finish the deal. Because Kevin Durant only played about 12 minutes in this series. This would be no, Now that Kevin Durant is out the picture, this should be no excuse, okay? It's not like Draymond Green is Scottie Pippen, okay? Okay. If you try to neutralize Steph, if you neutralize Steph and Clay to the best of your abilities, which they are capable of, they can win this game. They can win uh, tomorrow night, and they can win this series. There's no excuse why the Raptors can't win on Thursday night. None. And if you're a Raptor fan, getting there is not good enough. You you tease us, all right, fine. But when you have with when you have three one in your favor, and you are one win away, one win away, one, one win away of being crowned NBA champions for the first time in your franchise history. You got to got to close the deal. I don't care. I don't care if you're going up against the ninety-seven, going up against the ninety-seven Bulls or the ninety-six Bulls, whatever. They, I don't care if you're going up against them. You have to finish the deal. Forty-eight minutes of basketball, one win away from fin- from closing the deal, and. You guys completely peed your pants down late, allowing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and let the Warriors do what they do best and basically railroad you, railroad you out the building. Missed shots. I mean, come on. So if I'm a Raptor fan, I'm annoyed at the Raptors for letting this become a series again. And if I'm Golden State, I'm annoyed. You know who I'm annoyed if I'm going to say I'm annoyed at Draymond Green. Why you ask? Because Draymond Green is lit is one technical foul away of if the Warriors win tomorrow night, he is one technical foul away from not playing in the game seven. One. That's all it takes. One technical away from if this, if we play Father's Day, he's going to be sitting home on on his couch. One technical away. Where have we seen this before? Stephen Adams, anybody? LeBron James, anybody? But back to my main point. Raptors have to finish the deal. They can't have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson combining for 50 points and expect to win the basketball game. They can't expect 
they gotta have they gotta have Kawhi Leonard score more than more than uh more than thirty points. They can't have Kawhi shooting thirty seven percent from the field. And they can't have Kyle Lowry scoring uh eighteen points either. Those two have to score and put the ball in the basket, and they got to keep Steph and Clay combined under 50. And Kawhi and Lowry have to score more points. 18 points, Kyle Lowry, that's not good enough. You can't have Mark Gasol, who played a whole 10 minutes less than you did, have more points than you. Or one last point, but you get the idea. You can't, you can't, no. You and Kawhi have to excel and step up and rise up and be above everybody as far as your scoring goes. You can't be crowned NBA champions and you playing a mediocre worth of a basketball game. You can't. And and again, no more 30-point anything for Steph Curry. I mean, and Steph Curry wasn't great shooting from three anyway. But even then, if Steph Curry isn't having a good game shooting from three, you gotta win. The, you gotta win the basketball game. I know they make now. Kevin Durant was on fire uh, in the short time that he played, but. Again, even with him, you got to make him work a little bit. You can't let it come easy money like that. He was 3 for 3 from beyond the arc. 2 for 2 at the free throw line. Shot 60% from the field. 11 points and 2 rebounds. And a block. And now, obviously, he's not playing in game 6. But still. Get green to get get green to become overwhelmed with emotion. Get green to become a little crazy, and and basically drive green to get that technical, and neutralize uh, Stephen Clay. That's what you got to do. Neutralize Stephen Clay, and force Draymond to uh, to get that technical. That's what you got to do to win this game. And, again, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, that was a mediocre performance you put up in Game 5. I want championship-level play from both of you. Kawhi, you've been doing it all, post-se- all postseason long. Now, you, can't, you can't turn back now. Now is now's not the time for you to start pulling back. Uh-uh. Not today, not tomorrow. No. You played well the entire postseason. Don't start letting me down now with a little pathetic, you know, 20, 21, 23, 24, 27-point performance. Uh-uh. Because playing Golden State, that's not going to cut it. You got to outscore Golden State to beat them. And they, and they didn't do it in Game 5, and that's why they lost. Not because of the timeout. Because, it, because, it, because they didn't keep their foot on their throat. Which, since I told you from game one, is what they since the series was set on uh, since that series was set the uh, Saturday before Memorial Day. I to, I've been telling you guys this: the way you beat Golden State, you gotta keep their foot on their throat, keep their foot on their necks, keep 
keep the foot pressed on the gas pedal and don't take it off. And they didn't do it, which is why they're playing a game six one more time for the last time at Oracle Arena. I'll get on the Kevin Durant injury scenario and everybody reacting to it in a minute. Back after this. Welcome back to Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Uh, let me touch on this injury for a minute. First off, let me touch. Why in the world did the Golden State Warriors keep uh, Kevin Durant's injury a secret? Like, can, can somebody explain that to me, please? Why did the Golden State Warriors keep Kevin Durant's injury a secret? I don't, I, I don't understand why. Why keep why keep it a secret? You you and the Raptors know at halftime, but not America sitting back watching the game on television. That's crazy. What what are you keeping a secret? His injury a secret for? Just curious. Why why keep why why keep it a secret? What are you hiding? I mean, it came out about a about a half hour ago. Oh, Kevin Durant, it was official. Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant suffered a ruptured Achilles. Yeah, no dip, Sherlock. I mean, I I just don't understand why why to hide the injury. I, I don't see what you get out of it. I don't see the advantage of hiding the injury. Just be upfront and honest, like. I that I don't know. I don't understand that. Why why you gotta hide uh hide your injury to the public. I that's something that baffles me and blows my mind. But here's a second issue that I have. For the people on whether it be social media in the news on TV sports radio whatever why all of a sudden are people suddenly shedding tears over Kevin Durant rupturing his Achilles I mean seriously I mean, I got people literally shedding a tear and and sympathize. I not shouldn't say the word sympathize, but shedding a tear and actually in sad in sad uh, state of uh, mind over Kevin Durant's torn Achilles. I mean, are are we kidding ourselves here? It's not like that Kevin Durant is 35 years of age with multiple operations on his legs and ankles and and the feet and stuff and and you know and he's got five championships. Kevin Durant's a young NBA player who's going to play again. And for the most part he really has never had any any injuries like this that's kept him out for a long period of time. I mean, everybody, 
on ESPN and NBA TV and just, oh my gosh, so shed a tear and light a candle for Kevin Durant. Oh, shut up. My goodness gracious. I mean, the sympathy for him is just so over the top. I mean, I mean, really? The guy ruptured his Achilles. He, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, JFK 1963 shot in Dallas. I mean, let, let's take it easy. I mean, people are so up in arms over Kim Durant over a bunch of nothing. I mean, I was reading all reading that stuff, all, I, I swear to you, it made, it made me sick. I wanted to vomit every single time I turned around. I was sitting up here and hearing and reading stuff about people sending their hearts out to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is going to be fine. Gee whiz, injuries and torn Achilles are part of sports. I didn't hear anybody shed a tear for Steve Smith a few years ago when he tore his Achilles and he was on the back end of his NFL career. Over 35, playing a, playing a dangerous contact sport such as football and he tears his Achilles. Right there. But I didn't hear anybody shed a tear for Steve Smith. I didn't hear anybody shed a tear for Alex Smith when he practically broke his clean break of his leg in mid-November when the Redskins were in a playoff hunt. At the time, I think they were like 7-4 and four in first place or whatever in their division. Alex Smith goes down with a broken leg, and there goes the Redskins season. A guy who had to sit second fiddle and had to be benched for Colin Kaepernick who's more known for now by taking a knee during the National Anthem than he was being at one point in time uh, a uh, superstar of a talent of the NFL quarterback that that for a short period of time changed the way we look at the position. And then went, and then went to Kansas City and couldn't do much there with Andy Reid. And what does he do? He gets benched once again for the shiny new toy right behind him and Patrick Mahomes. And gets benched and kicked out of town because of him, because Patrick Mahomes. So what does he do? He gets to Washington and he and in a close competitive football game at home against the Houston Texans, clean break of his leg. I didn't hear anybody shed a tear and, and say light one candle for Alex Smith. Quarterback in his thirties that's been that that's how that's for the most part always gotten a short end of the stick as far as his career is concerned. Leading his team in a in a in a playoff hunt, first or second place in, in the division with a seven and four, seven and five record, something like that. And hear anybody say, let's sh- let's uh, bow our heads, get on our knees and pray and shed a tear and light a candle for Alex Smith. Now all of a sudden, because it's Kevin Durant, I gotta sit up here and hear everyone from, and I love him, but I got I gotta listen to everyone from uh, former President Barack Obama to Stephen A. Smith talking about shed a shed a tear and light one candle for Kevin Durant. Are you serious? I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Way more, way more dangerous injuries have happened in sports. To players 
who's correct who to 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 players that that the injury has been more devastating to than Kevin Durant. And keep in mind, these were the same people that were that were chomping at the bit, rushing him to get back. And Jalen Rose did a good job on first take. Uh, thank you yesterday, or the day before, uh, or yesterday. He did a good job pointing that out. All the phonies and the and, and the fake sympathy out there for Kevin Durant, when you were the same one shopping at the bit and couldn't wait and was so excited about him to get back. And, oh my gosh, this series is gonna go seven games and Kevin Durant's gonna come back and drive Golden State to the third straight championship, fourth in five years, and Kevin Durant's gonna be uh, NBA Finals MVP. And oh boy. And all of a sudden, he, he he tears his Achilles, and all of a sudden, it's light one candle for Kevin Durant. J- I tell you, Jalen Rose did an ex- excellent, excellent job on first take of, uh, yesterday. Did an excellent job highlighting that and pointing that out. Call out all the fake and all the phonies out there that was sitting up here and, and shedding their fake tears for Kevin Durant. He did a great job with that. Good job by Jalen Rose. Calling it, not even, not by name, but calling out his contemporaries for what he knew good and well was wrong. And I'm sorry, but if there's one thing that grinds my gears, that makes my teeth grind, that rakes my last nerves, is fake sympathy and fake Empathy that, that that drives me up a wall. I can't stand it. When well, most of these people were the same media pundits out there ripping Kevin Durant from to go for for going to Golden State in the first place. They called him all sorts of names and called him soft snake cupcake and everything else in the book. Yet all of a sudden he rips it, he ruptures his Achilles, you know he ruptures it wasn't it wasn't like someone it wasn't like it was so unfortunate he stepped he stepped one way and then and then it tore. It's part of sports. My goodness gracious! And again, Kevin Durant is not some old man. Okay, this isn't Kobe tearing his Achilles and then with the knee and then injuring his knee. At 35, 36, 37 years of age. He will play again. He will get his big contract money. And he will play again. His lifestyle. His bottom line. His bank account. He as an as a NBA basketball player. Is not compromised. Because he tore his Achilles tendon. Okay. Kevin Durant is not going to go on welfare. Because he tore his Achilles. My gosh, everyone's sitting up here all up in arms and all upset and light one candle and sympathy for Kevin Durant because he tore his Achilles. It's part of sports. I 
I mean, I'm proud of him, and, and I'm glad to see him go out there and with, uh, with some guts. And I'm glad to see the show that Kevin Durant has character and shows that he is a good team player instead of him and put his uh, health on the line and put his physical health on the line for, for his boys to try to lead them to come back from 3-1. Good job for Kevin Durant from that. But everybody else, all up in arms and so uh, just, ugh. Emotional over Kevin Durant. Get over yourselves. All this. It's a brotherhood. Oh, shut up, will you please? It's a brotherhood. I think it was Kyle Lowry that said it. You know what, Kyle, instead of you sitting up here farting around and, 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 and uh, rather than you telling us about how much of a brotherhood the NBA is, why don't you sit up here and do a little work and try to make sure you can sink a potential game-winning buzz-beater basket to help your team win an NBA Finals championship for once in your life? It's a brotherhood. No, it's not. It's an NBA Finals game. Simply trying to win a championship. Who in the heck wants to hear that? It's a brotherhood. All this fake sympathy. It makes you sick. My gosh. What, is Kevin Durant the first player in NBA history to, to, to tear his Achilles? Gosh. David Ortiz was shot in his home country. Shot in the back. Could have died. Could have been paralyzed. And more people up, more up in arms over Kevin Durant's stinking Achilles than they are about David Ortiz getting shot in his home country. My gosh. Where are the people for where are the people for him? Where are the people for David Ortiz? Uh, to to be up in arms and and then sh and shed a tear for David Ortiz and then be more up in arms about him. A man whose life was literally put into jeopardy. All he was doing was dancing and partying at his home country. That's all he was doing. Didn't want to harm anybody. Didn't want no trouble. D didn't want anything. And he gets shot in the back. And has to have multiple organs altered and taken out for him to survive. Yeah, where the people out in the media and on television up in arms and shedding a tear and lighting a candle for him. His life was put into danger. His life His life. David Ortiz almost was murdered 
this the this past Sunday almost was murdered. Praise be the good Lord that he wasn't and he'll survive and make it out of this. But still. And I got more people up in arms over Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles than a man who had to face gun violence in the poor neighborhoods and the and the poor uh and the poor circumstances that comes with uh just living your own life in the Dominican Republic. And I got more people up in arms over Kevin Durant's dopey Achilles than David Ortiz. That's an issue. That is an issue. And no one else will say it, but I will. I'm going to tell like a T.I. is. That's not just the name of the show. That's the mantra of how how I'm going to do this show as well. David Ortiz could have instantly been killed on Sunday. And more people were more up in arms over Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles tendon. Wasn't even bad enough for uh, uh, his foot to get amputated. I got more people up in arms over his Achilles tendon tearing than David Ortiz almost getting shot and nearly killed when all he was doing was just partying in his home country. Tells you where people's priorities are. Enough of the fake sympathy. Good job for Jalen Rose calling out those people. Take a break. I'm not done yet either. NBA NBA is on my uh is, is in my doghouse too with these late starting times. Get on them right after this. Welcome back to my Tell Like a TIS podcast. Uh staying with the NBA and these dopey starting times. Uh game Game five of the NBA Finals tipped off at 9 o'clock when they easily could have tipped the game off at 8.30, 8 o'clock, 7.45 at the earliest. That is an absolute disgrace. And don't sit up there and tell me that don't give me that West Coast stuff. I don't want to hear it. Warrior fans in Oakland can get off of work. They've been, they've been there five straight years in a row. I'm pretty sure that that their bosses are pretty lenient about them getting off work early to go catch the Warriors games. Even if they aren't, I'm positive that they would. Especially in Oakland when the team's going to move to San Francisco after this season. So don't sit up and give me the West Coast stuff. Please, I'm not trying to hear it. We have iPhones, we have iPads, we have Apple TV, we have Roku, we got Amazon Fire TV Stick. We have 
SiriusXM, we have TuneIn, we got all of this technological stuff at our disposal for the Warrior fan to watch the game if they can't get off of work early. I mean, if people can kind of curtail their rules around March Madness, they can do it for the Golden State Warriors out 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 in Oakland. Please, so don't don't give me that. Well, well, we gotta take care of the West Coast fan, uh, and the game would start at you know four thirty, uh, five o'clock. So all right, fine. It start it starts early and it and it ends at a left a little after eight, a quarter to eight thirty. So what? I'd rather deal with the early start than than ha- having my eyes half asleep, and and having toothpicks on them so I can keep them open, trying to stay awake be- because the games go till twelve, go to uh, a quarter to midnight, past midnight every game, because because they start these games at nine o'clock at night. It's ridiculous. They put the. And it's not even like that the games were... It's not like that game five was... Okay, if it's in Golden State, I I don't like it, but I can live with it. But the game was played in Toronto. The game was played in Toronto. That's East Coast, that's East Coast time, Eastern Standard Time. Like, what? what's the excuse? So the warrior can't get out of work early to wa- to watch their basketball team play. Is that what you're telling me? And even then, five o'clock. People, most people are out of work by five o'clock. So even that argument holds no weight. They put it on Sirius XM, or they stream, or they find a way, or they and they uh, plug in the aux cord into their phone or the iPad or whatever, so they can. Put have the audio playing through the car speakers and have the game projected up on their phone or on their iPad as they're driving home. What's what like? I don't understand. Like what? What's so difficult about that? The game will start during drive time. Okay, big deal. You you will people on the West Coast will be able to see that game from start to finish and will have no problem staying up to watch it. Us that live on the East Coast, which is A, where most of the American population lives anyway, and B, where most of the NBA fans live, we can't sit up there and watch. And we, it's hard for some of us to stick with it from opening tip to the final buzzer. My grandmother, who's been watching NBA basketball going back to the days of Bill Russell, and all and all she's been able to tell me is is job. I'm having a hard time staying with these games because the games start too late at nine o'clock at night. She she and she's on top of it. On top of every game, you know, knows the players, knows the teams, knows how to get. Has been on top of the NBA, at least the NBA playoffs. And and the select games they put on ABC on Sundays during and Saturday nights during the season, but on top of it, but she told me she's like, Jack, I, I can't, I I can't. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to stay. It's hard for me to stay awake try to watch these basketball games. It's hard for me to stay awake to watch it. Just last week, last Wednesday, I think it was game three. I think it was. Let me check. I think it was game three. Was it game three? 
Yeah, it was game three, just last Wednesday. She was she was over she was over my house. She was over my house and and, and stayed and uh, and stayed over here. It was a house guest. And I, and of course I watched it with her, and she was like, "Jai, you gonna have to help me stay awake, try to watch this basketball game because the previous two games I've been watching it by myself. I've I had to I've had to go to sleep, and you know what." Game game uh, uh game five uh, a few nights ago was what is the first was the first good game, really. It was the first good game in a, in a long time in the series. And she couldn't stay up to watch it. I mean, she stay. I mean, she saw it, and don't get me wrong, but as I mean, she t I talked to her yesterday. She said I had to go to bed. And as soon as she found out, I think Curry started making those threes. She hopped right back up and went back in the room and watched the game. What's my point? The game start too late. That's my point. If my 85-year-old grandmother can't stay up till about, can't stay up to watch it, that's an issue. And older people don't need that much sleep to begin with, anyways. You know, their their bodies their bodies winding down, literally preparing itself for death. You know, it's still alive, it's still functioning, or whatever. But they are more closer to death than they are of living. My grandmother won't be here twenty five years from now. Most likely, I I and the and the young people out there will be. And in order for us to be healthy, healthy uh, people, twenty-five years from now, is that we need sleep. And when we love the NBA, we we sacrifice sleep because we love the NBA. Or we sacrifice our NBA love because we got to get ourselves some sleep. So how about meeting in the middle of not putting the games on at nine o'clock at night? The games start too late. I'm, I don't know what the, they start too late. Put them on at eight o'clock. Put them on at 8.15, put them on at 8.30, put them on at 7.45 at the earliest, 7.45, at the earliest. Especially if the game is taking place in the, in the East Coast city, a la Toronto. Because if you, when you're playing it in an East Coast city like Toronto or Miami or whatever, then you really have no excuse. I mean, the only reason why you, you really didn't necessarily hear Toronto complain is because it was a game five. They were up 3-1, and they had a chance to win their champ, their first ever championship on their home floor. So they could care less about going to school for those that are still in it and going to work the next day. That that was on the back burner. That was secondary at the time. They could care less. But, but still... Kids are finishing up their last week of school, and adults will have to get up and go to work. Okay, I'm done school for the school year, and I'm resuming my summer job from last year, and I have a different shift that starts at 6 a.m. Thank God I live about less than 10 minutes away from it, but I have to be up at about 5 o'clock in the morning. About 4, 4, 4, uh, 4.50, 4.55 is when my alarm goes off. And even though I broke down the game for you, I didn't see Kyle Lowry miss that sh miss that potential game winner live. Why? Because I have to get up and go to work. Make my paper. Make my bread. Make my money. Go to work. 
And, and for other people, I'm just doing it just to have some cash in my pocket and to save a little sum in the bank. Other people, this is their livelihood. This is what they pay their mortgages and their and their car notes and their car payments and and the and the cell phone bills and the cable bills and and the uh, uh, you know the the uh, electricity bill. You know their livelihood depends on their on their job. And they're compromising their pay, and they're compromising sleep, and they're compromising. And the, if you really think about it, in the long term, their own health, because they love the NBA and love the game of basketball so much that they basically sacrifice their sleep. Because Adam Silver at the NBA puts the games on at nine o'clock at night, or excuse me, ABC puts the games on at nine o'clock at night. Why? Because Adam Silver and the NBA and all those idiots up on Fifth Avenue give. ESPN slash ABC under the Walt, they're both under the Walt Disney Company umbrella. They get, they give Walt, the Walt Disney Company, they they take every nickel from them. Don't leave a penny on the table when they negotiate the deals, which is why you see the NBA ad in, or excuse me, see ESPN ad infinitum, jamming the NBA down your throat. But anyway, that th- they take they take every nickel. Do not leave a penny, a cent left on the table at the negotiating table, and they basically lose all the rights and all of the privilege. And all the uh, and they basically compromise and they forfeit the ability for them to put the games on whenever they want. The only the only league entity that takes every nickel and still dictates what time the games go on is the NFL, and that's because the NFL is one of the most successful, most richest, most powerful sports leagues in the history of mankind. They take every nickel from the from the TV companies as well. But they also are smart of realizing, uh, for instance, this exact same company. Since we're on, this, let's make it, let's make it e- equal and make it a, you know, keep it on a level playing field. They told ESPN to stop having kickoff for Monday night games at basically at a quarter to nine o'clock. That they they told ESPN they told ESPN to cut it with that. So what did ESPN do? They had they told ESPN to move their hind parts up to eight fifteen for the kickoff, or else. Or else, bye-bye Monday Night Football. We'll go somewhere else. So what did so what did so what did the Walt Disney Company, ESPN, do? They carried the NFL and they put the games up at eight fifteen at night. So that way, the games are over. If it's a if the game isn't choppy and over, so people so we're up and out of there and in bed by no later eleven forty five, no later than eleven forty five. NBA, nah, we'll fart around, and we'll, and we'll sit up here, and we'll squirrel fart around, and we'll put the games on at 9 o'clock at night when we have Toronto's the home team, and they play on the East Coast. Honestly. And then the NBA moans and groans and complains when it, when their product when their product isn't booming. Why their ratings are why the NBA Finals ratings are down? Why they why they aren't making the NFL sweat as far as popularity is concerned? Why this and why that? Well, how about looking in the mirror for once? How about looking in the mirror, looking at yourself? A big factor why your ratings are down because of the and the playoffs overall. These playoff ratings overall have been horrendous, and it's not just the NBA Finals; it's the NBA playoffs in general. 
with them putting these games on at 9, 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. It's a joke. Put these games on at an earlier time where the people on the East Coast, which is where most of the citizens of this country live in, by the way, put the games on earlier so we can sit back and watch them. Instead of farting around, putting these games on at 9 o'clock at night, and instead of bearing claim, well, it's the West Coast fan base. Oh, that's much of garbage. Please. West Coast fan. Oh, give me a break. West Coast fan base. Toronto plays their home games every... Uh, plays their regular season home games at 7.30 at night. And because ABC wants to be cute... You know, they put the games on. They and NBA, they both. They put the games on at nine at nine o'clock at night. I mean, think about it. They had Kevin Durant playing in the first game of the series. They had Toronto looking and chomping at the bit to win their first ever franchise championship. And half America can't see it, or at least see the end of it, because they put the games on at and they and they have tip off at at uh, at nine forty five at night. Not to mention the fact they they the the time in between games is like five days. Gee whiz! I get it during a regular season. They don't know. Outside of a few times, they play back-to-back games. But can we can we move it along and get this over with? You know, if they they can play back-to-back games, they can, if they can play back-to-back World Series games in baseball, they can play back-to-back World Series games in the NBA playoffs. And, uh, and unless it's travel, the idea that we have to have two days off in between games is is so asinine and so horrendous. It's 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 it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Do it the way you did it in game three and four. Game three was Wednesday. Game four was Friday. It's the way it should be. The time in between one and two. Have game one on Thursday and have like 72 plus hours go by and then you play game two on Sunday. How about put game one at 8 o'clock on Thursday, get it a decent, put it on a little early, okay? There's no general hospital, there's no Grey's Anatomy, there's no Chicago PD on on television on uh, on May 30th, okay? It's not that. Put the game on, game one, 8 o'clock. Have game two Saturday afternoon at four o'clock or three thirty, or put it on at eight o'clock on ABC. In fact, that there were two uh, a whole two days off in between games, when the locations of the of and where the series didn't have to swap coasts is an, is ridiculous or and swap countries is makes no sense to me, considering a whole. Ten plus days went by, in between uh, the conference finals and game one of the NBA finals. Put these games on at nine o'clock at night and quit farting around, Adam Silver. Quit being so greedy. Quit being so, ugh, being such a cash cow, and and not take as much money from the companies. 
so you can have a little bit of power and, and, and dictate what time you put these basketball games on. Because America can't stay up to 12 o'clock at night watching these games. Most of which in this series have been complete blowouts, by the way, and non-competitive for the most part. Outside of, you know, outside of games two and five, the games have been non-competitive and not close. Game one, three, and four, all blowouts by, by like, uh, you know, eight points or more. Ten points or more, I should say. Two and five have been your best games. Two and five. The majority of your series has not been competitive. And the games have not been close for the most part. Put the games on earlier in the night. So the fans from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon can stay up in unison and watch the game from beginning to end. And I'd basically have half the country turn the television off or have their eyes shut and close and miss. And if a game is good, miss a thrilling ending to a, to a good game because, because the NBA and ABC wants to be cute putting these games on at 9 o'clock at night. The Stanley Cup final... Game 7 starts at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. 8 o'clock. You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. Shut up, Siri. Starts at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Think about that for a minute. On NBC. 8 o'clock tonight. Game 7. Now I understand that St. Louis is only central time zone, but still. Eight o'clock. And even last year with the with the Golden Knights and the in the in the uh, Capitals. No. I don't remember a Capitals home game in last year's Stanley Cup final with the puck dropping at nine thirty at night. And Vegas, yeah, alright, fine. But it's, you know, like I said. West Coast, I don't like it, but I can live with it. When the game is being played in the Eastern Conference uh, arena, you don't have a leg to stand on. And I didn't see the NHL, you know, have the puck drop for uh, Golden Knights and uh, Capitals at home. I didn't see the puck drop at 945 at night. No, they had it started at 8 so they can get the heck on up out of there. Okay. Hurricanes and Capitals Game 7, way back way back in late April, the puck dropped at 7.30. 7.30. Now, I understand it's two East Coast teams, but NBA, get it together. Because the starting time is getting to be a little ridiculous, and you have the nerd to cry foul and to cry wolf when you when you don't get the when when you don't get the rating, you don't get the uh, reaction from the fans you want. Put these games on earlier in the evening, and give us a break. You and college basketball always manage to screw this up with the starting times. 
College basketball puts the national championship game on at 9 o'clock at night on a Monday. Why? NBA, you start outside of two games played on a Sunday, and it's only and the second one will only come if, if uh, Golden State wins tomorrow night. But other than that, your games are played at 9 o'clock at like, Like, what, you guys, a, 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 a bunch of idiots? I need to sit up and have the nerve to complain when you don't get the rating that you want. Yet you put the games on at the, you put the games on in the late hours of the night. When people have to get up and go to work and go to school the next day and have lives to live outside of sitting down on a couch and watching a basketball game. Fix it, NBA. It's enough. Quit farting around, Adam. Quit taking less money. Quit being so stingy. Quit being so greedy. Leave money on the table so you can have some power and change these doggone starting times. Having these games tip off at, at 9.30 at night. Oh, my gosh. Put these games on earlier. And maybe you might get a higher and a better rating if you put the games on earlier. Your, 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 rating, your ratings might help if you put the games on in, uh, an hour to 90 minutes earlier. Who knows, might do some good. I'm going to tell like a TIS right after this. Welcome back to I'm going to tell like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to Major League Baseball, where over the weekend, the Giants and the Dodgers, which was once a competitive rivalry as far as both teams being good at the same time was concerned, but... It's kind of lost its luster with the uh, with the Giants hitting bumps in the roads over these last few seasons, but they play the last game of a three game weekend set in uh, in uh, San Francisco, and the Giants won. The, excuse me, the Dodgers won the game one nothing. Uh, the only run of the game was scored by Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers uh, player Max Muncy, who hit a ball into McCovey Cove out in right field, his 13th homer of the season. Uh, and Madison Bumgarner did not like uh, Max Muncy basically taking a second and a half to admire his work and him hitting the ball into the ocean out in San Francisco. First thing, okay, Madison Bumgarner's got to, got to, uh, you know, swallow his uh, pride and let his ego go down a little bit and and uh, get over himself. Okay, he's not okay. He's not Sandy Koufax. He's he's not uh, Juan Marichal. Okay, he's a good postseason pitcher. He's got he's got uh, World Series championships and World Series MVP. He, you know, he's good. He's got a few accolades. The good, the few, but memorable good accolades that he has to prove that he's that he's no slouch as a major league pitcher. I understand all that. But Mad Bum, get over yourself. Okay? If you don't like Max Muncy basically taking a second and a half of watching the ball fly out the ballpark, don't give up the home run. Okay? And that goes for all the pitchers that have a problem with these with the players 
taking a second or a half or five seconds to watch the ball or or flip the bat or anything. If you don't want them to react to their good fortune, how about you do your part and not make sure that doesn't happen? Hey, Matt, Madison, make sure that Max Muncy doesn't step up to the plate, d- dig his heels in, and base and and hit the ball t- and hit the ball basically to Alcatraz. Get you don't want you don't like him celebrating. You know that's not just goes for Matt Bum. That goes for uh, Chris Archer. That goes to all the all the players that are so sensitive and so soft. That's right, I call them soft. They get their they get their uh, they get their uh, their uh their uh panties in a bunch over 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 the over these uh, hitters that take a second or a half a second or a second and a half or two seconds or ten seconds to watch the ball fly out the ballpark or in Tim Anderson's case chuck the bat basically Wrigley Field and then get mad about that. If you don't like it, get them out. Okay? And I wasn't even like that Max Monster was all that extreme. He he set the bat down all he did was watch the ball for about two seconds. He didn't. It wasn't Jose Bautista throwing the bat across, you know, across home plate. It wasn't Chris Anderson basically pick, grabbing the bat by the barrel and chucking it 50 feet. Max Muncy hit the ball. He stood back, looked at it, put it down, and then just walked around the bases. And I got Mad Bum screaming at Muncy and cussing him out, telling him to go. Ugh, please, Mad Bum, get over yourself. You know, it's, it's the same thing with Puig. If you don't want Puig to basically, basically take two years around the bases and watch him stare at the ball for 45 minutes, don't give up the home run ball. It's as easy as that. And that not just goes for Mad Bum, that goes for all the major league pitchers out there that have an issue with these players basically showing some emotion and taking pride and them being proud of themselves and admiring their work of them hitting a home run. Okay, get over yourself. You're not that great. You're not that good. Pitchers, are, you especially, are going to give up home run balls. It's part of the game. It's part of the sport. What comes with the territory. Get over yourself. Getting so mad and so bent out of shape over nothing. My gosh almighty, Mad Bum. And not that I get you had a dominating performance in uh, the 2014 World Series, but you're you're not one Marischal, all right? Can, can we settle down and take it back a bit and swallow your pride and, and and humble yourself a little bit and get over yourself? It's not that serious. You know, you are three and six this season on a three point eight three ERA, playing on a last place team at that. Max Muncy's been to two straight World Series. Not saying, not saying the Dodgers have won anything, and you know, but and re, of of recent history, not from two thousand fifteen on. For, for or we'll go from 2018 for the for for the or 17 for for the last three seasons, the Dodgers themselves as a, as a team and Max Muncy has had the has had the better uh has had the better career right you know from 2017 on, you're three and six with a 3.83 ERA around the last place team. The Dodgers are trying to make it to three straight World Series, and trying to threepeat as National League champions. And you're getting all bent out of shape because he looked at a ball for a second 
a, ball, a home run ball that you gave up, by the way, you, you put it in that location to allow him to hit it, and you're the one that's upset. Here's what Max Muncy said after the game. Long and he yelled at me. He said, don't watch the ball, you run. Um, and I just responded back, uh, you know, if you, want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. Uh, you know, he just he kept mouthing off. I told him to come, you know, come get it. But, uh, um, you know, he's competitor. He was just fired up about it. Uh, um, you know, I don't. I definitely hope this doesn't turn into a Puig thing because I don't want that on my shoulders. But uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, just him competing out there, and uh, um, you know, he's upset he made a bad pitch, and, um, and that's all there was to it. Yeah. I'll play with Mad Bum has say in a minute, but Muncie is right. I mean, Mad Bum be the same one to turn into a Puig thing all over again because you have Mad Bum who basically gets angry and gets the old guy get off my lawn every single time a guy enjoys a home run for a second and you take that with combined with a hot head like Puig and then you get a situ and then you get a situation. Here's what Mad Bum had to say in response, or not in response, but after the game. I was gonna say the more I think about it, you gotta just let the kids play. That's what that's what everybody's saying. But I can't. <laughs> if you wanna do that? Do it. But I'm gonna do what I wanna do. So. <laughs> He's, he even couldn't take himself seriously. I mean, Madam, come on. You're a grown man. You got World Series championships. You're a veteran in the league. Tough you to swallow your pride and get over yourself a little bit. And 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 get over that that ego that that large ego that you have, cause gosh almighty is it large and 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 you can you come off like a jerk to be quite honest with you 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 really do, but anyway that 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 that's uh, all we'll do for the baseball, uh but sticking on the, on the content of celebration and taking exception to stuff and and all and all this other stuff. How about the U.S. national, the women's, the excuse me, the U.S. women's national soccer team? The so they played. Whether or not you know, the U.S. opened up the World Cup, the 2019 uh, women's FIFA World Cup, with a 13 and nothing route against Thailand, and as the goals piled up. Let's just say that the team went all out on their celebrations. Now, I understand about the score and apparently their tiebreakers for the scores and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to kill them for that. But when you're playing a game in a blowout, And you are kicking, clearly you are the better team. I mean, think about it. This is a game of soccer where goals are hard to come by. Okay, the only sport with a goal where goals are pretty much automatic in the game is lacrosse. Which is, another reason, which is one of the many reasons why I can't stand that sport. Looking at looking at uh, final scores of the, the NCAA Division One lacrosse championships, and I see final scores seventeen to thirteen. Who wants to see a bunch of nonstop scoring in a game? In hockey, you don't see that. Look, soccer, you don't see that. But anyway, 
I mean, it's, it's soccer. I mean, goals are hard to come by in that sport. How many times have we seen games go 0-0 and go into penalty kicks? Or have games end in draws, 1-1, 2-1? Or have ga- and have games be a final score of 2-1, 1 mil, as they say in soccer. Low-scoring soccer games are hard to come by. And when you put up five, it's like, holy crap, you did, your offense was on fire today. But when, you, but when you're up at the time of this, when you're up at the time, seven and nine to nothing, seven and seven and nine to nothing, in a first round World Cup game against Thailand, I mean, c- could you dial down the celebrations just a little bit? I have no problem. I mean, I, I agree with Kevin Millar what he says. I have no problem if you in baseball if you throw like we just. I don't care, Max Muncy. You stare and look at the ball, and you look at it five minutes. Take three years run around the bases. I don't care if you're Tim Anderson or Jose Bautista and you flip or you chuck the bat and you enjoy it. I don't care, you know, if you're Antonio Brown that scores a touchdown and, and, and twerks. Or if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you moonwalk, or if you're Chad Ochocinco and you and you do the sauce and you do the salsa or whatever, I don't care about that stuff. Celebrate, have fun. You scored. Why not? I I love that stuff. But at the same time, like to celebrate like that, like you know, Chuck Noll has a saying that he would tell his team. Act like you've been there before. Act like you've been there before. And if you're the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, you were there 13 times. Third, I mean that that's like putting up that's like putting up 70 points in football. That's like scoring 25 in a baseball. That's like scoring over 20 in a baseball game. That's like scoring like 150 in an NBA game. 170, 175. 13 to nothing. You are clearly the better team. Clearly. You won the championship last. You are clearly the better team. You have nothing to prove. Thailand and you are obviously not on the same level. You beat them. You blew them out the water. Running up the score, I have no problem with. They give you the opportunity to score. Don't don't waste it. You know, as Chris Smoove, the YouTuber, the two K YouTube, you know, the YouTuber, the gaming YouTuber would say, no sportsmanship for the Hall of Fame CPU. You know, when he'd run up the score, or whatever. I have no problem with running up the score. They give you the opportunity to score. Take it. Strike while the iron is hot. Take it while they take what the defense gives you. They allow you to if they allow you to if their defense is so piss poor that they allow you to score thirteen goals and take it and seize the opportunity. In football, if their defense is so bad that that, that you can score fifty six points off of it, have at it. And they so if their pitching is so poor you can manage to put up seventeen runs, I ain't stopping you.
but still with the celebrations. I mean, what? I mean, you guys won last year. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen seven-year-olds with better morale and better self-awareness of the situation than this. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen better behavior out of little leaguers in the Little League World Series. Trying not to go crazy and jump and juvenate and and gyrate all over the place. They already humiliated their opponent bad enough. They don't need to dig in the knife and deeper and and make them cut and and uh, make them feel worse by because you act because you acting like a acting like a child that hasn't been there before, acting like an immature child and and gyrating and doing handstands and cartwheels and 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 sliding fifty yards and taking off your shirt and pounding your chest, <coughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, and, and and going all out and crazy. Like I, I don't want to see that. I mean, if I if I if I'm if I'm a member of Thailand, I'm like, all right, you guys are clearly the better team. You guys literally kicked us. You pounded us, beat us to a pulp. You blew us out the water. Like I don't need you guys. You know, you, and you, on top of the fact you guys won last year, I don't need you guys gyrating and 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 acting like you're part of a circus. Act like you're part of a circus act. And when acting like that, it's your world. We're just we're just happen to be living in it, and we have to sit up here and have to stomach and tolerate you guys gyrate and and your immature, uh, excessive celebrations. Who wants to put up with that? On top of the fact, when you're getting your hind parts kicked in to begin with. I'm telling you, if I was a member of Thailand, and after I saw that at the whoever made that so that ridiculous excessive celebration in the 75th minute, you know, what I, you know, what I do if I was if I was Thailand and I'm still on the field, I try to get that player, and I, and I'm be like for the rest of the game, I don't care about score, I don't care about stats, nothing. I'm gonna try to knock that player flat on her ass. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a level. I'm a body. I'm, I'm a, get, I'm a get in there and make sure she don't remember and, and send a message let her know that I will not tolerate that crap. You're not going to sit up here and blow me out the building and then insult my dignity and, 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 and make a fool of me more. Make me look, make me look like a real, look like make me look look like a real donkey by you celebrating and gyrating and being uh, braggadocious on the field with your celebrations. And if I was a member of Thailand, that's what I that's what I would have spent the rest of the game doing. I don't care about red cards. I don't care about none of that. Hell, the game's over anyway. Or we're we've been eliminated pretty much since halftime. Please. That would bother me. That would bother me. With with the exception so act you are blowing them out the water. Act like you've been there before, honestly. Score the goal, pump your fist, high five, hug with hug, you know, little simple little hip hip hooray and get it over with. Okay, the excessive gyration stuff is getting a bit ridiculous. You know, if, if it was the NFL, they'd get flagged 15 yards, exceptional celebration. 
or taunting. They get flagged for that if it was the if it was the NFL or college football. Baseball, they get that, the, and not now. I'm typically against this, but rightfully so. If it's baseball, they'd get thrown at. Take a, a hundred mile an hour fastball up to around their face or up in the ribs, get them where it hurts. And I, I'm typically not for that, but in, but in a situation like this, it'd be justified. Because all you're doing is basically putting a target on your player's back, getting getting the opponent all riled up because they because the game is clearly over. They have they're clearly eliminated. You know they're over and it's over and done with. They have nothing left to lose. So what are they gonna try to do? They're gonna get the they're gonna take it take at your celebrations as personal, and they're gonna try to get back at you and try to get retribution. And if they and if they had a player that was real like that, they try to get you they try to get you hurt. I mean when Miami ran up the score against I think it was Notre Dame back in the day with Jimmy Johnson as head coach. You know, the Miami Hurricanes they kept scoring and scoring, but you notice how they didn't necessarily do that sell do that excessive celebration stuff that they'd become notorious for during that era of the of their uh of their dominance in the late eighties and early nineties. You notice I didn't do a lot of that gyrating celebrating stuff. Alright, we score. Alright, give the ball to ref, move on. Let's go out there and do it again. Cause at the same time, while I'm not against running up the score, but you also gotta take the other team's dignity into effect too. And you also got to put yourself in their shoes and say, now I know if that if we were getting our hind parts kicked in uh, 10 to nothing, I know good and well we wouldn't want to see them gyrate and go crazy and do backflips and cartwheels all over the fields like they didn't lost their ever-loving minds, acting like a bunch of four-year-old school children. Because honestly, and where is the line drawn with the celebrations? Where where enough is enough. Where you can do this and do that, but at the end of the day, there's that line that you can't cross. With the with the with the with the over the top celebrations. When you're blowing a team out. When you're blowing up, when you're blowing a team out, you know you gotta have some dignity and have a, and have a little bit of class about you. I mean, I'm lo- looking at it right now. Blair scores a goal, runs around, does two twirls like she's doing, you know, at a ballerina recital, slides, and then. Like kicks her leg out, a la Odell Beckham Jr. acting like a dog taking a piss on a fire hydrant. I mean, really? Can we clean it up a little bit? It's bad. It's bad enough people laugh and laugh and make fun of America and shake their heads at America because of because of our government and and the president we have in the White House. We don't need to have our women's uh, soccer team going out on a world stage this is the world cup and being laughed at and made fun of more and being ridiculed more because 
because the soccer players go up nine or nothing in the seventy fifth minute and don't know and don't know how to act. Blowout team, blowout teams in the early rounds of the World Cup and don't know how to act. I mean, seriously. Clean it up. I mean, you don't see you don't see that in the Olympics. Cause, cause you know you don't see that in the Olympics. Nine to nothing in the seventy fifth minute, and we gotta sit up here and look at you twirl three thousand times and act like a school child. I mean, that's something I'd expect a five year old on on a five on a little five year old soccer team to do. These are grown women. These are grown women who know better and who know the rules and know the no and know right from wrong and I got to sit up here and and put up with stuff that I'd expect 7-year-olds to do and 7-year-olds to a degree have more empathy than they do cuz 7-year-olds like hold on now if I were in their shoes this would feel pretty freaking painful getting kicked in and getting beaten this badly on top of the fact that they won the year before excessive celebration and just and don't sit up here and give me what you're just picking on because it's women nonsense this was football and a football team doing it or a baseball player at you know doing backflips around the bases and throwing that bat up 50 feet in the air we'd be killing them and the same thing flies with the men. With Cristiano Ronaldo, need to take his shirt off, run a hundred yards around the field, and then and then and then slide on his knees like a rock star. Like, ugh. and then and then and then and then the soccer people wonder why wonder why that why wonder why the sport doesn't resonate with the American fan and the American people outside of the World Cup. They wonder why. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast and you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you have friends, family members, co-workers that are into sports talk and uh, you want to suggest them something new, something different, share this uh, podcast on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, text message, PlayStation, or Xbox uh, message DM. Uh, I'm your boy, Josh Shields. I'll talk to you later in the week. Enjoy Game 6 in the NBA Finals. You all stay uh, stay blessed. Uh, And be blessed, God bless, and take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.